Hello, everybody, and welcome to Penguins to go your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, and we're talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins on a game day today. Of course, two days off for the Pens on Wednesday and Thursday. They will be taking on the Buffalo Sabres tonight at Key Bank Center in Buffalo and then taking them on again tomorrow back at PPG Paints Arena. An old-fashioned home-and-home. Uh, don't see those much anymore. They're nice. I, I don't like them too much. Uh, like the, the lockout season, not the lockout season, the COVID-shortened season, that became a little bit much, having it every single time with these mini-series, almost like the MLB. But I do like an old-fashioned home-and-home from time to time. So the Penguins will take on the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, they also got some good news before I get into my topic today. They got some good news on Chris Letang uh, rejoining the team just 10 days after suffering his second stroke, uh, rejoined the team in full contact capacity. So just thoughts and prayers still to, to Chris Letang and, and very good signs seeing him back on the ice at the Lemieux Sports Complex. But let's get into what we're going to talk about here today. And that's the trade season actually starting, right? Because... You say what you will about NHL general managers. They are notoriously cyclical. Like, you know exactly what they're going to do at certain times of the year. And that is the fact that through the first 25 games, you're not going to see a trade. If you do, that general manager is probably a little anxious about what he has in his organization. But now that every team in the National Hockey League is around 25, 26 games played, which is where the Penguins are at, you're going to start to see a little bit more action on the trade front. Certainly going to see a lot more action on trade rumors. So with that, I figured, you know, let's look around because a Pittsburgh Penguins trade is still on the horizon. Like, there is one coming. We felt it since the last couple of trades that brought in Ty Smith and Jeff Petrie and sent out Mike Matheson and John Marino and also brought in Ryan Paling. Can't forget about him. But we knew that there was another trade that had to come because right now the Pittsburgh Penguins are playing with basically a little bit of tooth enamel between them and the NHL's salary cap. And they're also doing it with 22 players out of a 23 allowed in the National Hockey League. So they're playing basically shorthanded even though it's it's not on the ice, it's just who you have as a healthy scratch. But they're doing that because of where they're at with the salary cap. There's a lot of teams in the NHL that are that way, but in order to free it up, and you know Ron Hextall wants some space, you know Brian Burke wants some space to be able to operate if they feel like they need to add to this team. So you know a trade is on the horizon. So what I want to do here, the rest of this short little episode of Penguins to Go, Let's go through the Penguins trade block. Who could be traded on the Pittsburgh Penguins? Let's start this by saying who's not on the trade block. Who was on the trade block and not now? Like, Because obviously, you know, Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, they're, they're not going anywhere. But there are three players that are firmly not on the trade block that some people might put on the trade block as of right now. First and foremost, P.O. Joseph. He was offered to all 31 teams before the season. Think about that. Think about how how much that is. All 31 teams, Ron Hextall had a call in and said, hey, you know, uh, what would you want for jo P.O. Joseph? Right? And that's according to Frank Saravalli of the Daily Faceoff. 
And then he went through trade speculation throughout camp. It kept going. Then he makes the, the team over Ty Smith just because of his waiver eligibility. And a lot of people saying, oh, that's not fair to Ty Smith. He had a much better camp than P.O. Joseph. And that's true. But since Joseph made the team out of camp, he's been one of the Penguins' best defensemen. First in shot attempts at 5-on-5, five five, 53%. First in shots for percentage at 5-on-5 five five at 54%. And also first in scoring chances for percentage at 54% according to the natural stat trick. So he's the best in those three pretty important categories among Penguins defensemen that have played at least 300 minutes. Which means take out Chad Ruweedle. But P.O. Joseph has been getting better as well as the season has gone on in his first actual taste of NHL hockey. You never know how long it's going to take a prospect, especially a defensive prospect, to just get used to the NHL, get his feet underneath him, but it certainly seems like P.O. Joseph has done so. And I think because of that, yes, his trade value is probably sky high, but for a young defenseman that is starting to find his game, you're not going to get much salary cap relief by trading him. So why trade him? He's their second best left defenseman in the organization right now. You don't trade that away. So P.O. Joseph is not on the trade block. Somebody else that's not on the trade block, another left shot defenseman. This is the best left-handed defenseman on the Penguins roster right now, and that's Marcus Pedersen. He's been on and off the trade block for three seasons. Basically, since he came to Pittsburgh from Anaheim, Marcus Pedersen has been in trade speculation to go out of Pittsburgh. That's, that's how it's basically worked. Or I should say, let me amend that. He's been on the trade block since he signed that big contract with Jim Rutherford after his first season. So still, like three seasons, Marcus Pedersen has been always in the trade speculation, always in trade rumors. But he's been the Penguins' best defenseman, not just left-handed defenseman. He has been their best blue liner all season. He's currently the first pairing defenseman for the Pittsburgh Penguins on the left side. And that's the way it should stay. I know a lot of people want to see P.O. Joseph and Chris Letang once he returns. I think, I mean, other either way, it, it kind of works. Pedersen's your your best defensive defenseman, so maybe you put him with Letang, but if not, Pedersen Petrie has been one of the best defense pairings, and, and I kid you not, in the National Hockey League. You can look at the numbers. They're expected goals for off the charts. They're playing extremely well together. So, no, Marcus Pedersen should not be on the trade block. He was also on the trade block this summer, like, heavily high on trade lists. No, he should not be on it anymore. And another player that I wanted to mention before we get into who's actually on the block and who's potentially going to get traded, Danton Heinen has been in a couple rumors I've seen, a couple articles I've seen. He was never on the Penguins trade block, and he shouldn't be. A player of that caliber, somebody that has shown the potential to score at 5-on-5. Five five. A little inconsistent, but he's shown the potential to score at 5-on-5 five five, like a top 6, top 9 winger. For $1 million, you don't trade a contract like that away. Even if you're you're putting him in the, the penalty box, sorry, the press box, you don't trade away that player. Because guess what? If something happens and someone goes down, we see it all the time covering the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're going to need somebody like that to be able to step in and not lose a step offensively. 
Right now, Danton Heinen and Kasperi Kapanen are basically the same guy with different skill sets. They still give you the same production. They just do it in different ways. Yeah, Heinen's on a cold streak, so is Kapanen. So they're just flip-flopping who gets to go sit in the suit and watch the game. There's no reason you should be trading away a $1 million one-year player that scored 18 goals last season and 15 at even strength. Even if he's a healthy scratch. You just, you don't trade that. So for all the people that have put rumors out there and actually believe rumors out there, Dan Heinen is not on the Penguins trade block. I would be shocked if I saw a trade alert come across the wire that includes Danton Heinen that's not for some incredible piece. And no, Brock Besser is not that piece. That's a conversation for a different day. But let's shift gears here a little bit and talk about who is on the Penguins trade block because this list has gotten exponentially shorter in the first two months of the season. First and foremost, I do think Brian Dumoulin is on the trade block for the Pittsburgh Penguins just because of his situation and the situation of the team. Because if you look at the Penguins, they still have those nine NHL caliber defensemen that they've had since July. And Ron Hextall said in his his press conference following the Jeff Petrie and Ty Smith trades, it's safe to assume, he said, that the Penguins will not have nine defensemen going into training camp or going into the season. Well, we're past the quarter mark of the season, Ronnie, and we still have nine NHL defensemen on the roster. One of them, two of them, I should say, haven't even gotten into an NHL game in Mark Friedman and Ty Smith. But we need to be patient with that. But Brian Dumoulin is the most likely guy to go at this point. I know he's been a staple of the Penguins' defense for six years now, but he's just not the same. You know, why try? Why trade a guy like Mark Friedman or Chad Ruedel? What does that do? You know, what does that do besides move people out of the way for Ty Smith to become a seventh defenseman? No, and Chad Ruedel is one of the best seventh defensemen in the league on a pretty good contract, and Friedman's contract isn't isn't anything too difficult either. So there's no need to trade either of them. Joseph and Pedersen have become too integral to move. So if you're going to move on from a guy on the blue line, it's going to be Dumoulin. He's on the last season of his current contract with $4.1 million cap hit. That would be a lot of uh, breathing room for the Pittsburgh Penguins to, I don't know, add a forward, bolster their bottom six, which is what they're going to need to do. And I know what you're going to say. Who's going to take Brian Dumoulin? I mean, he's on a modified no-trade clause, so the list already shrinks. Well, at this point of the season, a lot more teams know who they are than 25 games ago. It's been fleshed out which teams are going to contend for a playoff spot and which teams are going to contend for Connor Bedard. And if you're in the latter stage of that group, you're probably more willing to say, yeah, we'll give you back a pick. We'll give you back a a small prospect, or maybe even we'll give you back one of our problems that costs a little bit less for a guy like Brian Dumlin, because they're not going to win this season. And with Dumlin's contract being up at the end of the year, nobody's going to, nobody's going to hand out, you know, a lifeline. Nobody's going to throw out a buoy to the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're, they're going to make sure they get back as much as possible, or they give back as much as, as little as possible, I should say. But at the same time, you offload that contract and not take very much salary cap back, you give yourself a little bit of breathing room to operate closer to the deadline. 
Now, Brian Dumoulin started the year off really, really poorly, which is why he's on this list. But he hasn't been bad. I wrote an article about that on Inside the Penguins. I suggest you check it out about how Brian Dumoulin has performed since he was demoted in the Penguins lineup. He's now the second pairing defenseman on the left side. Realistically, he could be the third pairing defenseman. He is the third best left defenseman on the left side out of three. So I think that's a perfect spot for him. They did they did it with Matheson to start. They did it with CeCe. Brian Dumoulin, that's a good spot for him. But guess what? He's still on the trade block. If they can move him, they will still do it. The only other player that I would say is definitely on the Penguins trade block, despite a really good first four games off of the long stretch of not playing. And you know who I'm going for. Uh, that's Kasperi Kapanen. He's turned the corner the past four games. And trust me, there's no one happier to see that than Ron Hextall after giving him that contract in the offseason. And I'm not anti-Kasperi Kapanen. I really like Kasperi Kapanen. I think his energy, I think his personality is very good for the team. I think his skill set, when used properly, is very good for the team. But at $3.2 million for this year and next, do you trust him to really continue the play that he's shown over the past four games? I don't know if I can, just simply because we haven't seen it. If he shows it to me, I'll shut up. But I haven't seen it, and I need a little bit more from Kasperi Kapanen on a consistent basis. What he's done the past four games has been excellent. He's played very well, and as a result, the Penguins' third line has been much better. But like I said earlier, Danton Heinen will provide similar, if not at times better, production in that spot for $2.2 million cheaper. And if you save that money, what player could you go out and get that's a little bit more consistent, that brings a little bit more offensively each and every night, and that you don't have to worry about falling off the face of the planet like Kasperi Kapanen did for the past 15 months. The man was on a milk carton. We were wondering what is going on, especially when the Penguins re-signed him this summer. We were wondering, have you found him first? Did you just sign a man to $3.2 million that has been MIA for the past 13 months? Like I said, not here to bash on Kasperi Kapanen. He has four goals and five points in his four games since he's come back. He's shown a lot of confidence. He's playing around the net front. He's driving to the net front. He's playing a lot better. But this is a business. And the Pittsburgh Penguins need a little bit of breathing room. That's going to do it for this episode of Penguins to Go. I hope you enjoyed this little stroll down the Penguins trade block. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. I'll be back on Monday with Horwat for an episode of Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, but we will be back on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays with new episodes of Penguins to Go. I hope you enjoyed the first week of this. Uh, it's only getting started. But that's going to do it for this one. Have a great weekend, Pens fans.